Blog Talk Radio. Saturday, June 26, 2021. And as I mentioned, I might do at times. I did take a break last week. And so it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked. And this show today is going to be on what has really become a continuing theme for this program because it is so very important and there are many variations of this theme as to how we assess the awareness and the expansiveness of our current direction as a civilization, how we consider where spirituality weighs into that, and how we work together to find our way forward. And that means with a diversity of perspectives, One of the reasons I really appreciate Blog Talk Radio is there are so many different types of programs here. This program has been on the air for um, almost 11 years now. And I have to say that when I ended up coming, when I first came into Blog Talk Radio, I'm not sure I appreciated just how important that would be, that we're here in a space where there are a variety of perspectives. And yes, I am in the spirituality category. And in fact, I didn't even label this show technology because I'm really wanting to talk today to those of you who have a spiritual persuasion. If some of you have come in who don't feel that way, that's great too. I will talk to you as well. But um, we have some things to talk about as to how we evaluate where we're going and how we really reflect. And this really goes across several different spiritual perspectives, um, how we really reflect on what truly is a both truthful, honest, authentic direction and, um, you know, expansive, positive, accepting direction for our civilization and how we evaluate whether we're advancing or not and what is advanced and what isn't. And how we make a lot of assumptions about that, which are often not necessarily true. So I have decided to expand the live show to 45 minutes. I used to think that, you know, would I really be talking for that long um, since I'm not bringing on guests right now? I've had a lot of guests on this program. And I'll tell you, this is... Here's my first note about technology. I have really appreciated how technology has enabled these discussions. I have appreciated when we first had discussion forums. That's how I started out as a voice 
And um, I was bridge builder in a couple of forums. And some of that rose to pretty high visibility. Um, and I always chose to talk on a forum where there were, were a variety of spiritual perspectives, at least the one that was, well, it's hard to say. I mean, certainly on the Oprah site, that was the most visible. But it wasn't just on one page. I mean, we had active discussions. It wasn't just one form of spirituality. And the other thing that we all need to accept in our own journeys is that we grow and we learn and we change over time. We bring in new information and we integrate it with what we've known before. Sometimes we will discard something that does not reflect either our values or our personal experience. And that is a natural thing. One of the things about technology today is that it seems to assume that someone 20 years ago is the same person as someone today. And that is a very limiting way of looking at people. Because the most wonderful thing about all of us is how we learn and grow. And to box people in in some way is not to be assessing how people actually are in life. Because in real life, people change and people grow. And thankfully, they do. Sometimes people pull back. Sometimes people become more limited. And any way that we change in a life is part of the human experience. But those of us in one form of spirituality or another, and I would say many non-spiritual people too, really would like to grow in a positive direction. That is their goal. If your goal is to grow in a negative direction, well, then you're probably not listening to this program. As far as technology goes, and there's quite a bit to talk about today. I have a feeling I'll easily fill the 45 minutes, which is why I have expanded this show. Um, and I do want to once again reintroduce my background, both in a spiritual and a scientific way. Um, I do have a technological background. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics with um, in those days where I was, you couldn't get a degree as an undergraduate in computer science. And so I combined that with computer science because math was a way to approach that in those days. Um, and then I got a master's degree in computer science at the school that is literally known as the birthplace of computer science and one of the top computer science schools in the world. And I had no idea... I would end up at that place. Um, in fact, maybe this has something to do with spirituality, too, is that we tend to underestimate just where our lives can take us. And um, it, it, was, it felt quite miraculous, and there were a series of things. I never even knew I'd go to graduate school. And when I got there, I was concerned that, you know, are my skills up to this? And yet, I discovered, and you'll often find this in life, that yes, you can do it. You can do it. I was a, I always had a spiritual aspect to me, but I was also a questioner. And during that time in life, I had kind of walked away from the questions. The spirituality was still there, but because I had been exposed to multiple perspectives, it was very difficult for me to sort that out. And so like many of us, though I never became an atheist, I walked away from just making spirituality an active part of my life in those years. And um, I have shared before on this show, although it is important to be clear that I only had a very limited interaction with my grandfather, who um, didn't live, well, he was alive into a part of my life, but he was in another state, and it was, um, he, he was an immigrant, by the way, and didn't fully um, speak English, so um, I did not interact with him a lot, but my grandfather 
was a very, um, I don't know if I should say, a very active and um, in the circle of people whose lives he touched, which was not huge, I don't know how big exactly, a, a very influential preacher. And in his church, um, it was a very mystical place. It was a place um, where healing took place and actually did occur. And that'll be a part of this discussion, that healing really does happen. Predicting when it happens can be difficult, but it does. Because many of us have witnessed or experienced spontaneous healing. This is a spiritual thing that is real. Many of us have experienced the mystical, which can touch many different types of spiritual paths and does. It's so interesting how just about every spiritual um, form of thought or broad category has some mystical element. And that goes all the way back to ancient times because we are naturally attracted to a more expansive way of seeing this world. Um, I worked in computer science for many years. I also made the choice um, to be a stay-at-home mom, which I actually greatly appreciate that I did. It was very important. And I worked at the same time, part-time, but that scaled back my career. I was needed at that time, and I did something I didn't necessarily expect because I was fully prepared to, we had on-site daycare where I was. And yet, at the time, there were things going on where, um, you know, my child needed me to be at home, and it was the best thing for us, but I did work it out. I was one of the early telecommuters, and I was leading a project for years from home, and we had no Zoom, <laughs> and it wasn't full-time. Now, was I at the pinnacle of my career doing that? I mean, yes, my career was much more active before that, where I, I had leadership roles, I was able to speak, I was able to lead, um, I had a way of Um, combining different elements of a project and and bringing it together. And um, that was part of my work, which I also view as being a bridge builder. I worked in artificial intelligence for a while. In fact, in many ways, though strictly speaking, the school that I went to was not considered an AI school. Even my thesis in my master's program had elements of AI. Um, So I have a familiarity with that. Um, When I was in college, the first web browser was being developed. It is known, I mean, there was technically kind of some earlier developments there, but what really became adopted as the first web browser, which is called Mosaic, it was just starting. That project was going on, and I even had the opportunity to to work on it, but I didn't know what it was. And I, I heard the word net you know, um, and I thought, oh, I hate networking. Because for me, computer science, I loved the more nuanced aspects of computer science. And so, you know, part of the things I looked at were human-computer interaction. Early on before graduate school, I worked on a very early prototype for natural language interfaces, which which today everybody knows about, because that's when... um, You know, when you, although sometimes here's an example of technology not really being great, um, is, um, you know, when you call one of these um, automated assistants. In fact, someone was just telling me about a a terrible time they had with this, where languages are understood and spoken by the computer. That early on did not exist. So there was research into that, and it involved linguistics, which was very much up my alley because I was very well-rounded. I was interested in the humanities. I was always a writer. I almost became a history major, and then I kind of fell into math and computer science. I thought I'd be a writer. I thought I'd be a professor. Um, I was a TA um, in graduate school. 
and a research assistant. So I've done a lot of things. I came back to my career at some point and was in a corporate leadership role, which involved collaborative communications, coordinating the um, technical side of communications at my company. And that involved also, you know, webmastering and, you know, but mostly what I loved was how it was so collaborative, but it was really an experiment. And so, and was the world really ready for that? You know, now you hear more about that, but I don't know. But it also speaks to how we can go forward in technology. On Blog Talk Radio here, I mean, an important part of my journey is I did have a spiritual awakening. There are a lot of different things around that time that could have influenced um, how that happened. The main thing that entered into it was I had a life-threatening situation. And at that point, I couldn't run away from spirituality anymore. And I really honestly asked, show me the way. And although we will find the way, many people define the way in different ways. And many truly believe in that way. Deeper below that, if we could... Go below that level, no matter how dedicated you are, those of you listening today, to what you believe. We need to take this down a level in the sense of thinking about how can we access that love that all the mystics have experienced, that awareness, that expansiveness, and help us in this time and really think about where we're going and also assess where we've been. And today we're talking about technology. I'm using technology. I'm using it in an expansive way. I think it was the last program I said something, and I want to be careful about this because one of the reasons why right now I'm not bringing on guests and I don't know If I will, I'm working on sharing some things from my heart. Although it's, you know, I love authors and helping, supporting the publishing community and different perspectives. One thing I wish could be a bit different, and it's so tricky to do this really, is when you have an author on who has some new um, book, You want to be supportive of of that book. Well, there's almost no book that you read that you agree with 100%. And it's not that you want to have some debate every time someone comes on the air. That's not really it, although sometimes you may choose that. Some shows might be really lively in that way. But more, can you ask the hard questions? Can you, do you have to always be on the same page? Can you ask the deeper questions? And if we could do that more, you know, instead of all, I was so kind and wanting to support the people who came on that sometimes I feel I didn't ask the questions I really wanted to ask. Um, a really big area, for example, I will mention is, in fact, I, I saw an old Facebook post this morning when I was I came in just in my memories that was on exactly this topic, something I've really worked with is um, I personally have not seen evidence that your negative thoughts are stronger than, um, you know, what it's possible to do when you're aware of the divine. Um, And a lot of people get caught up in that. And I've actually heard from others um, in the spiritual community who've said the same thing. In fact, um, that this actually derails many people. This is a show about fear, and um, it makes people very afraid of any worry, any, you know, oh, my gosh, am I going to, you know, sabotage this, whatever I'm doing, you know, because I'm thinking negatively. That's very unhealthy, I feel, for people. And so many times I've wanted to say to a guest, you know, I really don't believe that your negative thoughts unless you're just totally wrapped up and, and, you know, paralyzed, which would paralyze anyone, um, are so powerful. 
that it really has to do that we each have a purpose on this planet, and we can't really predict it. If something goes astray in your life, and you know you're doing your best to focus on, um, you know, well, actually, even when you're not focused, I mean, I hate to say it, but some of the best things in my life, certainly in my career, happened when I wasn't focusing on them happening at all, such as getting into graduate school. I didn't know that was going to happen. I wasn't. I didn't sit there and think about, oh, I'm going to get in there. I mean, a lot of times I doubted. When I was very young, I doubted a lot, and yet I still did really well. You know, I'd get scholarships and different things. I mean, I was just because you're doubting. If I could help some of you out there right now, and some of you may be just disconnecting, well, I'm sorry if you want to be caught in fear. But um, the thing is, our fears are not more powerful than what it is that we can co-create as part of our growth. In fact, this may be a whole other episode, but it does influence how we're using these technological platforms because sometimes, you know, when we bring an author on, it's just so, you know, I'm a kind person. I'm not going to bring up this debate every time. There are some I have. If you really listen to the programs, you'll, you'll see that. But the thing is, is, when something adverse happens in your life, most people can look back and say, wow, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. And what is adverse? So we have a lot of thinking to do about spirituality. And we also have a tendency to try to quantify it. Um, we want to think about it in such discrete terms that we don't think about the flow of it and we lose sight of the mystical, mysterious aspects. We're so intent. It doesn't mean that there isn't some mode of thought, some mode of science that couldn't understand what this is, but I don't think we really know what that is. In fact, I don't even think quantum physics, here's a real adventurous statement, captures or our understanding of it really captures what this is for one it totally loses sight of the love if all you look at is the mathematics the the you know the very stark analysis not to say observation isn't important it is we can discover a lot of things through observation even evidence of certain spiritual things the thing is, it's not like that. When you have a higher experience, and I know my grandfather knew this too, when you have, when you, you tap in to that higher place, it's about love. It is totally about love. It's about mystery. It's about miracles coming in the most unlikely of ways. It's not so predictable. And if we could let that go, that we can always predict it, and that, oh, there's this formula, it works every time, and then, you know what, for a lot of people, it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, then what? Then they feel like, you know, they failed. And that's not helpful. I really think we need to start looking at our growth experiences as part of our path, the path that we actually need to become who we are and to contribute in the ways that we're called to in the world, in whatever way that is. It could be in a very small circle. It could be in a larger circle. Back to technology, as this is obviously a wide-ranging discussion already. Um, I've started to say this in the last program, and I talked about a book that just kind of appeared, which I have to tell you, the last two weeks, I've been very occupied doing a variety of things. And I hadn't had a chance. I got made some way into this book. And it's, it just appeared. And it's so much on the theme as to how we evaluate advanced and where we're going. And the book that, that 
just appeared that I happened. I figured out where I got it. They have, you know, libraries and things. I just picked it up probably at a library thing where you just put, um, you know, they have the used book shelf and it was um, inexpensive and I picked it up or where you throw a bunch together and you get it for a price. And it was Ursula Le Guin's, I've got it right in front of me, The Word for World is Forest. I've only gotten so far in this book. And in the last show, I talked about how on the back of the book, it says that it's about um, the gentle people of a peaceful world and how they are invaded by the bloodthirsty humans and how they fight back and how they win. That's the premise of the book. Well, this book, I mean, maybe Avatar really was based on this book. I haven't gotten far enough to see, but clearly Avatar was um, derived some things from this book, the movie Avatar. And humans really are humans because this book I've discovered since our last time together is about an envisioned human race that has developed space technology without developing ethics, without developing compassion, without really even exploring clearly their spiritual side. And so they invade a spiritual planet. I've gotten farther in this book to the point of seeing that some of these people or these beings on this planet are visionaries. In fact, they are so visionary spending time in the dream world that they don't make a distinction between reality in the physical world and reality in the dream world. They consider the two interacting. And I find that to just be a wonderful example. And I don't know what's going to happen in this book. I'm still reading it. Apparently they win. (laughs) Do we really want the human race, humanity, to develop in such a way so that we, if we continue down this path, become, you know, the the species with the spaceships that show up and, you know, take all the resources of the planet, which is also what this book is about. They're clearing the forest. I mean, it really is a lot like Avatar. Why was the movie Avatar so popular? That's one of the most popular movies of all times. I can't remember. I haven't looked it up before. Why is that? Because deep down, we know something. We know it, and we know it on different paths, which is so interesting. People like to say, oh, the people who believe that religion don't don't think that way. Are you really so sure? Do you know that um, there's been many people who have looked for a simpler way of life? Look at the mystics. Um, Look at the nuns. I've studied this as one of my projects, which I'm attempting to pick up as well. Um, And there has always been that element of looking for a simpler way of life. What has disrupted this and what has driven our technological advancement is scarcity, is one group, Attacking another, I talked about this in another show too. It's been happening for centuries. Developing new types of weaponry, new ways to um, you know, invade. And this has been harsh for many, many um, centuries. It's happened in so many ways and it's driven the development of new forms of technology because everyone needs to protect themselves. And then there's that, you know, feeling of, of, um, of course, you know, when your um, society, I mean, let's take it all the way back. I talked about Mesopotamia more than once, um, where, you know, somebody was invaded, horrible things happen. And you can't, it's a natural human um, instinct when something like that happens, that it shatters people. For many generations, it's a horrible thing when that happens. And it's been going on for far too long. So 
we've developed all this technology, you know. We started out with simpler weapons. We kept developing new types of metal and things, you know, new types of things. And finally, we're to the point where we're a technological species. And, you know, what's been developed now, I mean, it's just the fiercest, and it could probably get even worse. It never ends. Although I suspect in many societies like this, it does end. Unfortunately, those civilizations may not advance. This book that Ursula wrote may never happen because I would wager that most of those technological planets, and let's you know, be clear, there are obviously many, many planets out there, and we can you know, certainly be confident that many of them have some kind of um, intelligent life because to think otherwise would be so incredibly um, self-centered and pompous to think that humanity is, you know, just the earth. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that's not even logical. Look up at the sky, and we've known this forever. It's just until we have evidence of something, um, we just can't, it, it, you can't say, well, we've proven it. But deep down we know. There are so many things we do know like that. So who are we going to be? What's going on with us? Do we have the maturity to reach that level? Or are we like children playing with toys that we shouldn't even have? That's a really good question. I have serious concerns that this rush ahead and this elevation of non-spiritual forms of thought as the truth and everyone else is mocked and you're just, you know, you're fantasizing. None of that is true. And yet the fact of the matter is my family wouldn't, wouldn't have been what it was. My grandfather knew it was true. There were healings that happened. There are Native Americans who absolutely know that it's true, that there are things, there are healings, there are mystical things that happen that are real. Those of us in the spiritual community, impossible synchronicities that happen in our lives. If you could evaluate the statistics of them, they would be so improbable to be approaching impossible. We're not being honest with ourselves. We're not being honest, and we're not being courageous enough to talk about it. I know so many spiritual people who are, you know, I don't know about so many, but I certainly know spiritual people who are in regular um, walks of life who rarely talk about spiritual things. And it's so easy, those of us being everyone, being imperfect human beings, where we're allowing our own angst, our own lower vibrational um, you know, when we're upset about something, we're, we're using that to make it even worse. And we all fall into that, where we're frustrated with something, we're frightened by something. Um, and below all of that, we want the best for us. How many of us don't want the best for us? I was raised learning all about the end times. And there are many, you know, nowadays I hear that from many different standpoints. You know, are we in the end times? There's very elaborate theology around that in certain areas, although that can vary depending on where you're at. And in many different spiritual groups, there are different ways of looking at this. It's not to say that couldn't really happen on this planet. And let's not um, be naive in a non-spiritual, cold universe, we are totally vulnerable on any planet. Any planet is vulnerable. There is evidence of giant solar flares, even bigger than the Carrington event, which would be bad enough, which would shut down all of our electricity. Um, we've, we've seen, you know, how things fail. We recently, I mean, look at even um, things like buildings collapsing. 
you know, we have this confidence that, um, you know, we've built this um, advanced society and things, that things like that can't happen, and yet they do. Was a simpler society totally immune from harsh things happening? No. But what are we not doing? We're not paying attention to spirituality. AI, when looked in a very looked at in a very stark way, seems to think that it can simulate human thinking. Nope, it can't. And I'll tell you why it can't. It's because it cannot simulate intuition, which is real. And you know it's real, many of you. It cannot simulate those things it cannot capture. And if it could, then it too would become sentient and intuitive and spiritual as well. And I'm not saying that that would happen, but um, we misunderstand who we are because the people who are leading these projects, even if deep down when they go home they actually believe in some of these things, there are people working on technological projects from all over the world, some of which have very deep spiritual traditions. I've been observing for quite some time, in fact, this came up recently, um, I won't get into it very much, but on Twitter, I have been studying for years about why is it that there are circles of people that resemble circles of people in the past, and they have life parallels and all kinds of things going on. What does that mean? And that came up recently, again, in an interesting way. And there are all kinds of things. There are all kinds of mysteries. But down, where are we going? Have we lost our way? Let's talk about how technology is being used to help us to communicate honestly with one another. The minute that a tool undermines authenticity and, you know, seeks to craft reality, that's not an honest tool. That's being used in a negative way. We all have different perspectives. And many of us in the spiritual community have great concerns about this. And from different spiritual perspectives, we have to, our technology in that form, our communications technology, reflects not just who is writing the software and what they're putting into the algorithms, what assumptions, which may not be correct, it reflects who we are. If it was to be really honest about things, we're not going to get anywhere unless we have honest dialogues about many things. There are many things that we need to be having honest discussions about and in academia and in so many places. And this isn't just spirituality. Taking understanding, you know, if you study philosophy, if you study history, there are cycles that happen. But not only that, there can be on the surface level a very naive way of looking at something. But if you're a really deeply thinking, exploring person, a deeply feeling, intuitive person, you have to go below that level and take it deeper, and you find there are nuances, there are shared things. What are the positive things that we share? How can we use that, that honesty, that, that empathy, that wanting to truly um, solve what has troubled us for so long, these conflicts that have just been going on for so long? How do we get below the naive level of looking at things 
and find the place which helps us to actually move forward so that we really can move into a more expansive world, so that we really can be people of true maturity. Because maturity is what it takes to handle the kind of technology that we've developed. If we don't have that maturity as a society, you know, if everybody's being dishonest, you know, all kinds of um, shading of truth and just, you know, really unhealthy patterns, that isn't going to help us. That's immaturity. That's, um, you know, and at its worst, it's very low vibrational behavior. We need to get beyond that. We need to find our way to more maturity. And there are those of us, there are people all over this planet who have done some very hard work in their lives. And often that is through a spiritual journey, but it's also through life. And through that work, they've been able to find that place, which isn't an easy place, where there can be honest discussions and, you know, really trying to understand, you know, what is it like to be a person in this situation or that situation? And, you know, how do we use technology in a healthy way? Where are we, you know, just telling ourselves things that um, we've just repeated but aren't actually true, and yet that enters into our technology and reinforces? There's so many things that we need to do and to be. And the most important thing is to start honestly looking to the future and what it is that we need. If we really want to be an expansive humanity, one that may even explore other planets. Yes, I know in the news, you know, I've just about filled up 45 minutes. Isn't that something? Um this show will, will be 45 minutes from now on. If not an hour, it might even, I'll probably keep it at 45 minutes live for now. Yes, UFOs were in the news, or UAPs, something I've actually studied and been involved with. And I, I'm not really into the nuts and bolts because I care about the spiritual aspects of this topic. But it is interesting to know that there's something that we can't explain. Now, I will say, you can't be certain that's actual technology. I mean, if some some species was advanced enough, it could even make something appear to be there that isn't. That is possible. There are so many, you know, people don't think about that, but that's actually true. Because um, if someone has developed higher skills, um, and that's what I'm talking about here, there are there are skills that are so much more advanced than any anything you could build with our little, you know, toys. So much more advanced. But one would hope, because it would be really scary if not, that you can only really develop those skills by being aware of the love that binds us together, the love that is at the center of it all, that you can't really go there if you have nefarious goals. I don't know what's going to happen in this book. It may ultimately result in conflict in a lower way. I don't know um, that I'm reading the book by Ursula Le Guin. But what I can say is how you really win. In fact, it was in that old movie. Those of you, what was it called? War Games? I know I'm dating myself. It's about nuclear war and how they almost trigger it. And basically, it's about a, a smart computer. It's about AI, even. And how, basically, this computer almost causes nuclear war because it's playing this game for real. And it, not to give away the movie, at the end, the answer is the only way to win is not to play. And that's pretty much it. The only way we're going to so-called win, because how we decide what that is, is you know, we, winning means actually advancing together and also, in my mind, being aware, well, in anyone's mind, being aware and honest about truth, and that includes openly exploring the spiritual domain and not treating it 
like some kind of a pariah. Thank you, live audience. We went for 45 minutes. I appreciate you. Um, we have to change. Those of us who are spiritual need to really be a part of the discussion in whatever way we're called. I am called in this way right now. But I also think some of us are called to more research as well, what we can see. And there are people researching things. I put consciousness on this show as a tag. I hesitate to do that sometimes because I want to draw in people of different beliefs. And that kind of pegs the show in one way. And I don't want to do that because people are aware of what it is I'm talking about with different belief systems, not just one. And that's really important because we're going to need that. We can't just say, um, you know, we really need to have people who genuinely care, even if some of those people, I mean, I, I understand what it means to strongly believe that something that that you believe is true. You know, I, I understand that, but we're actually at this point where we're taking it beyond belief, even while allowing that belief to be not not um, taking that away and looking at where spirituality itself helps us, where it can help us to build um, a a truly a truly um, compassionate society, not an oppressive one, not a fake one, not you know well we're pretending to be this, but we're not really that that's not real. I mean what we really want, something good. <laughs> That's where we need to go. So I've gone for 45 minutes. Let's see. Is there anything else I want to say about the UFOs? They could be technological. They could be a lot of things. They don't know what they are, apparently. I haven't read the report. I just saw some initial reports about the report that they don't know and I think it was 143 of 144, something like that. I don't have it in front of me here. Well, could it be some advanced, what's advanced, be careful, some highly technological um, um, other planet that has developed this technology? Yes, but we don't know that they're advanced. What is advanced? That's the key. Advanced doesn't mean that you're building you know, more powerful things with bigger toys. That doesn't mean advanced. Advanced has to do with your maturity as a being. Advanced has to do with how you treat one another and understand one another in in a very deep way. Advanced does mean are you developing your spiritual side, which is real, Those of us who have seen the evidence know that it's real and we're in denial about that as a civilization. But we can't continue that. That doesn't mean you're like, oh, you know, we're going to force this idea on all these people. You know, none of that is helpful. And yes, there is another part of this too when it comes to healing and what it means. You know, we've developed such a stark, stark way of looking at that whole domain, and it's only gotten worse in the past year to the point that, um, you know, spirituality isn't even a part of the equation. I mean, if we don't get that figured out, we're not going to make it um, productively through any other challenges we have in that area. That's very clear because many of us know There is something far deeper that actually works. I wish I could say that it's predictable, but we've either experienced it or witnessed it, and I know many of you have seen it too or or are involved in it in some way having to do with healing. And also just how, you know, it's sad what happened when everyone is isolated I mean, look at how depression has gone up, suicide, and so many things. I mean, and we think that we've succeeded in this. 
I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface of what really a truly empathic, spiritually oriented society would do to deal with a challenge such as what we faced. And, you know, so many things, you know, you can't, I can't even begin with this. There's so many problems, unfortunately. Um, we who are spiritual know the amazing things that are possible. And I feel like one way or another we'll find our way forward. But we need to remember what we have seen, not even just what you believe. What have you seen? And how is that compatible? You know, um, I'll give you a small example. I've actually used this one before, and um, but I'll repeat it. I used to speak at conferences. Um, I, I don't even think the place where I'd like to speak exists anymore, and maybe we need to create it, a place where multiple people from different spiritual backgrounds can speak, and even a non-spiritual person is welcome to speak, but we surely want to engage them in dialogue. Some years ago, I spoke about um, how, you know, I talked a little bit about my the history of my family, how my grandfather um, led a church, and um, they, you know, this was an evangelical church, and um, and it was um, in the immigrant community, in the Italian community. Although my background, now we know, you know, I didn't get it, but when someone else got a DNA analysis, I have, even though um, fully my my grandparents were from Italy, they actually have multiple, um, you know, there's some Greek, there's some other areas involved there. So, but as immigrants, they were from Italy. And this was a very mystical place. So anyway, I was talking about this, but I don't think I had really come to terms with it until recently as to how to integrate that part um, of my own background, how that fed into my own background, even though I wasn't really a part of that. Um, And um, I wasn't raised in um, that kind of an evangelical church but I still was exposed to it a little. And I'm only now beginning to integrate that better. Well, I was at an event. I believe it was the first time I ever spoke. It was a very small um, event, and it was the first spiritual event where I spoke, and it was um, over 10 years ago. And I mentioned this past, and, um, and someone came up to me after who said she taught people in energy healing because this was more of a metaphysical event. It was at a healing center. And she said that there are people who would come to her who seemed to just know what to do. And when she would talk to them, it turns out they came from a past of laying on hands where they had learned that within the evangelical community. And it translated right into the type of energy healing she was doing. So Think about how in isolation, because this actually has worked. I mean, I've got someone in my family who many years ago, earlier generation, transformed you know, the way a lot of people believe because she got up and walked from polio. I mean, she was healed. This notion of laying on hands or even being with someone, um, that has totally been disabled. And how many people died because of that, despite the practicalities of our stark world? This is the problem, you see. And it's a no-win situation. I get it because I understand why, you know, people felt, I mean, it's still there. I mean, many people are still um, being mindful of um, interactions and things. So, I'm not trying to, to, to even take that part away, just what difficult things happened in the last year. But one difficult thing is we got separated from how 
many communities of healing work, which actually involved being near someone. Not to mention there was another story I had heard, and this had nothing to do with, this just had to do with being human beings, which honestly, this is what it has to do with. This isn't about one group of human beings versus another. There was a um, someone in the medical profession who, I, I, I'm telling this in exactly, it was on the evening news some months ago. Her husband was dying in the hospital in isolation. She went to him. They managed to get her near his side. And right after that, because of her presence, he woke up. And he was okay. He recovered. And see, we lost sight of that because we have such a stark way. We're not set up to think about things other ways. And that's a problem, is what I'm saying. That really hurt us. It doesn't mean we could have found a really good way, but it still is a problem. These are not easy questions. If anyone thinks this is easy right now in our current society, it's not easy because we've become dependent on a certain way of being within this so-called advanced civilization. Not to mention the population is so large, it requires a so-called more advanced civilization. But what is advanced? That is the question. If those UFOs or UAPs are technological, I make no assumption that that is an advanced group of beings. They seem somewhat protective, though, if they really are, as some people have said, shutting, they're shutting down or they seem concerned about nuclear capabilities, well, that would be a good sign, if true, if they're trying to warn us or something or stop something. Could it be like the day the Earth stood still? I totally invite you to watch that 1950s movie, which is about that theme. Although that more is about considering that we would be a threat to someone like that, which, of course, we would not. We'd be like child's play compared to them in terms of technology. Now, if we were spiritually developed, yeah, yeah, we probably could protect ourselves. In fact, I know we could. And that's the point. That's why I'm so curious about this book. Technology leads... It doesn't mean we can just throw it away. We're using it now. How do we integrate it with a higher awareness? How do we integrate it with greater maturity? How do we integrate it with really studying the true science of what's actually going on? What is actual reality? What is the visionary realm? What is the mystical realm? What is healing? What is this notion that when people are praying about someone, they do better? What about, you know, the evidence of things? That doesn't mean that if you don't have the evidence, well, you're just going to throw it away. Because when you've witnessed something, you know, you can't necessarily prove it to someone else immediately. You can still observe it. But the thing is, it is true. A spiritual planet is the most powerful planet, not in terms of taking power or disempowering, it's the most powerful planet of all. There's almost nothing. If you were totally working co-creatively with the divine, if you you were that, um, you know, I don't think we're here right now to be that way because we're learning, let's be clear. But let's just say, you know, you you had developed these skills. Now, what does it mean to develop them? That's tricky, too. That's a tricky question because there are a lot of people who just spontaneously um, are able to take it higher. Now, do we have someone on the planet who can use telekinesis to move an asteroid? I don't know. I, I don't know if we do. Do we have any young, budding Luke Skywalkers? You know what Yoda told, told Luke 
There's no difference between a little rock and the ship. What does it mean? But I'm not saying it's the force either. That was rather impersonal, the force. What about our ancestors? I don't want to give away the movie, but something powerful happened in that movie. And there have been a lot of people who have thought about they have a very powerful spirituality around our ancestors. What about the people across the veil? What about guidance? What about a lot of things? And what does it mean? What is time? Listen to the show about nonlinear time. I'm encouraged that more of you are listening to that. So I think I will wrap up now because it has been an hour. So thank you for listening today. I can't for sure guarantee I'll be here next week. Right now, um, you know, during the summer especially, um, I will take breaks sometimes. I do announce it on Facebook. I really invite you to come into the Facebook. Um, look for the Frontier Beyond Fear on Facebook if you, or Twitter. But I don't always announce things on Twitter, um, although I probably should because um, there are more followers there. Um, FrontierBeyondFear.com is the main website, which I did manage to update. Um, I'm keeping it in HTML those of you who are looking for flashy graphics or something, because I'm actually, I've been helping some others with other types of sites lately, and I haven't really, um, I, I like having a simple site, which I can easily restore or move or do whatever I would need to do with it if, if, um, if I ever needed to, or it's just very easy to edit that way. So it's a simple site, but it has a lot of information on it. And, um, you know, I saw um, some, I think at least somebody followed the show recently on Blog Talk Radio that does involve signing up as a member here. You don't have to have a show, but you can certainly follow the show on Blog Talk Radio or find it on Facebook. I did announce what I'm trying to say last week. Before I didn't have a show, I did say there isn't going to be one this week. But you can always look in the schedule and you'll see. Um, thank you for being here. I look forward to talking with you again soon. And I hope this has led you to reflect. You would be surprised if you are a spiritual person how much there, there are others who share the concerns and the hope both. And maybe not on your exact spiritual path. We need to really be reflecting about things and we really also need to think about, I know earlier, okay, I'm going to go on a little longer. I know earlier I talked about how fear is really impacting some of us who are just saying, what went wrong with my life? You know, especially in this last year, maybe things aren't going so good. And you're thinking, you know, you've been thinking so, you've tried to think positively and you're not doing it right or whatever. Let that go. Trust. Maybe I'll do a show on trust soon. Trust that where you are, I mean, really think about what it is you want to be and what you'd like to do. But if it feels like, you know, you're boxed in and you just can't maybe do that thing yet, trust in the timing. Trust. Because invariably, when there have been challenging times, it has led to something better. And it is my every hope that that will be true of our civilization. Take care, everyone. I will see you again soon. This is Susan Larison Dance, and you've been listening to The Frontier Beyond Fear. We're on multiple platforms now, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio is the main platform, and I intend to expand them um, also on Apple um, Apple Podcasts, and I don't know if we're on Google. I'd have to look, but we'll be, I'll be looking to expand our outreach so we're on more platforms here. 